Welcome to the Rebel Heart Coaching Podcast, where BSN registered nurse, integrative health practitioner, and board certified life coach, Samantha Shatek teaches you how to go beyond managing your circumstances and start intentionally creating a life you love using her proven strategies. Hi there. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Sam Shattuck, and this is the Rebel Heart Coaching Podcast. Thanks for coming back. Or maybe this is your first time, so welcome. We are talking today. This is episode number four in a five-part series, and we're talking about action. Or sometimes, in some cases, a lack of action, otherwise known as procrastination. We have been talking about in the model, in the mindset model or thought model, how we have, just to recap a little bit here, in case you haven't listened to those other episodes, I'm going to have you go back and listen. It'll make more sense. But just to summarize, we have things in life that happen and those are called circumstances and they're things that are absolutely neutral and they're out of our control. And then there's everything else that happens and that is our response and our thoughts and our beliefs to things that happen around us. And we're all individuals and we all interpret things very differently. And we have about 60,000 or more thoughts a day. And so the thoughts that we're thinking really matter because the thoughts we're thinking create our feelings for the most part. And our feelings are what then drive all human action, and then go on to create the results that we want or create results that we don't want in our life. So in the scheme of the model, we're talking about action today. Action is what not only propels us forward, but it's really what helps us survive. It helps us create And most of all, it helps us to reach the goals that we want to reach in life. Now, as I've mentioned, all action is driven by human emotion. It might be that you're not aware of it or it's happening underneath the surface on a subconscious level, but it's definitely happening. And if you tune into it this week, I just want you to notice when you're feeling a certain way, what actions you might be prompted to take or to not take. Feelings are caused by your thoughts and your beliefs. But I also want to mention something here that's really important. We live in a culture that is by and far focused on overproductivity, especially here in the United States and in other parts of the world. And by definition, we are human beings. We're not human doings. We have a couple dynamics and extremes happening. On the one extreme, we're constantly busy we're constantly stressed out. We're taking a ton of action. It might not be action that serves us or that's creating the result that we want, but we're in this culture. I can only speak to this culture, not other places, of course, but we are taking action and we're busy and we're doing all of these things. And it's for the sake of overproductivity and, you know, to try to survive. And on the other hand, people are so exhausted and so unmotivated and have so many issues that are unresolved. On the other end of the spectrum, 
there's depression and lack of action and not a focused way in which someone's taking action towards their goals. We also have a lot of self-limiting beliefs and emotional blocks or excuses that get in our way from us taking the action that we need to be taking to get the results in our life that we want. So there's two ends of the spectrum. And I think it's important to mention, though, that in this culture of hyper productivity, I'm not saying that discipline, I think discipline is amazing. I think action is amazing. We need to take action. But I want to suggest today that the action that we're taking is inspired by thoughts that feel good and are intentional because we've given it some consideration as to why we're taking the action, what is fueling that for us, and what result it's going to produce so that we know ahead of time when we're, we need to have some process of intention and thinking and feeling. And that's actually underestimated. And it can be really powerful just to think about and feel into what we want to create. But we have to take action. And the ideal would be that we would take the action from more of that inspired place, but not from a place of fear or lack. I listened to an audiobook recently by James Clear. And the name of the book is Atomic Habits. And if you haven't read it, I would highly recommend it. But he, and I'm quoting him, he says, motion does not necessarily equal action. And busyness does not necessarily equal effectiveness. I think um, just to expand about what he's saying there is, there is a difference between being in motion and being in action. And they're really closely related, but I'm going to talk about the difference. So when you're in motion, you're in the planning and researching and strategizing phase. And there might be some learning that happens there. And these are all good and sometimes necessary things that we need to do to prepare, but they don't produce a result. So action is our behavior that will actually deliver an outcome or a result to us. So motion is sometimes useful, as I said, and it's necessary, but it's never going to produce a result. There's so many of us, so many smart people, including you and including me, that we find ourselves in motion frequently but we don't take action where we stay in motion versus the action. And here's why. It's because motion allows us to feel like we're making progress without actually having to take a risk of failing or potential criticism. And you don't have to put yourself out there when you're in motion or actually be vulnerable. Either subconsciously or consciously, what we're trying to do and what most people are trying to do is to avoid or delay the perceived feelings of failure and all of the other things that we just mentioned. And so it's a really tricky thing because you can be researching things and calling people and it can feel really good and it can feel like, you know, you're making progress, but it is not the same as action. So there's some research and preparation that can definitely be a good thing, but if it becomes a form of procrastination, then you need to be on to your own bullshit and you need to be acting 
and doing the thing that you need to do. There are so many strategies for taking action. And I think part of it is maybe finding something that works for you, doing research, reading books. But that's why I'm here is to kind of help you with some suggestions and ideas from things that I've learned along the way from other people or from trying them myself. So I'm just going to give you a few. This is not an inclusive list. And obviously, you're a human on this earth and you've been taking action for a long time. So there's probably things that are working really well for you. And there's probably things that you maybe want to change. So keeping that in mind and keeping in mind that I always want you to do what feels best to you. I'm just offering some suggestions if you're in a place where you would like some suggestions. The first thing is that we can set up a schedule for our daily, weekly, or monthly actions. And the best way to do that is planning ahead using your prefrontal cortex. And then you're honoring that schedule every single time because then you'll form a good new habit and you're building more trust with honoring yourself and honoring your values and honoring what you planned ahead of time. And the key is to stay consistent. For example, I go to the gym four days a week. I do yoga in my off days or hit workouts, and I plan that on my planner ahead of time. I know, for example, that even if I don't feel like it, I schedule my podcasts are coming out every Friday, And I do a video both on social media and YouTube called Transformation Tuesday. And that comes out every Tuesday without fail. And are there days that I don't feel like doing it? You bet your ass there is. But I have committed to myself and it's become such a habit and it's on the calendar and I I want to honor myself and I want to honor you. So every Tuesday that's coming out and every Friday I have a podcast ready. And I want to go back to what I said, too, about using your prefrontal cortex to plan. So when we are in a calm state, we can use our prefrontal cortex to plan ahead. And this part of our brain has our highest self in mind. It has our values, our future self. It knows what is best for us. So when we can plan things ahead of time, this is usually the things that are in our best interest versus If we don't have a plan, we're more likely going to be reacting and acting from our limbic or emotional brain that's sort of more archaic and it's more primal and it may not have our best interest in mind. It's going to seek immediate gratification and it's going to seek comfort and it's going to be emotionally based. So if I didn't have a plan, for example, for this podcast, maybe I wouldn't feel like it. It's going to be a lot harder for me to create a plan around that. So just using the beauty of planning ahead of time and then using that plan to stay as consistent with yourself as you can. And in those plans, I always suggest that you include things that are fun and your free time and include all of the things that are most important to you first, and then fill in the calendar with the other things. And that's a whole different podcast that I'll be doing. But that is, it's a really great hack to use. And we're using the planner in a way where we're setting ourselves up for success, not just putting things that we're obligated to do, but we're putting things that we want to do on our planner. And it's based on our values and our priorities. The second thing is picking a date to 
shift from motion to action. So for some goals, for example, that aren't daily or weekly, you might need to just schedule a date where you're going to jump into action. So for example, if it's a one-time thing, like let's say you're going to release your book or you're going to release a new product or a new album or something, those are the times that you would want to still, you're still scheduling yourself, but you would want to make sure that you're scheduling yourself from motion to action in that case. The third idea that I think is really effective and important when thinking about action is when people say that they don't want to change or sometimes they'll say, I don't know how to change. I think a lot of times what they really mean is that they just don't have a strong incentive to change. They either haven't dug in or they haven't discovered it yet. And I call this knowing your why. So remember, when you have like your deep reason, your deep core reason of why, this shifts your thoughts and feelings. And when we change the incentive or change your why, then your behavior will follow. Because feelings, remember, feelings are what drive us and drive the action ultimately. I'm going to give an example. Let's say you're feeling really down about something, like you're feeling like a failure or you're feeling insecure Because let's say you're having a thought like, I just didn't nail it, or I'm just not a good speaker, or I didn't teach that very well. And let's say you're feeling kind of doubtful, a little bit insecure. You're not going to take action that supports a goal that you want. You're going to feel a little depressed and you might eat a bag of chips or you might go watch Netflix or you might avoid whatever it is that you we're wanting to do because your feelings aren't supporting it. However, if you can say something to yourself and choose to reframe or change your thought to something more positive on that emotional vibratory scale, for example, let's say you didn't really love your performance, but maybe you say something in your head to yourself like, you know, that wasn't the best job, but I'm working on it and it's getting better. Well, automatically, I feel like that elicits a feeling of more contentment or hopefulness. And from the feelings of contentment and hopefulness, I'm going to go get to work on whatever the thing is that I want to be working on. Those are great feelings to have. And if we can increase the feelings even more on that scale, wonderful. But I'll take contentment. I'll take hopefulness. Those are awesome feelings. And so our why and our incentive to change matters. And there's actually, there's an exercise that I love and it's called Six Levels Deep. And I believe I learned it from Dean Graziosi, but he learned it from someone else and it was in his book and I've used it a lot and I think it's really powerful. And all it is, is if you want a why as to why you want to do something and you're not really sure what the deeper reason is, or if if you want to do this exercise with someone else, it's really effective at digging through the layers of resistance and lack of clarity 
to get to the deeper knowing or truth about what is real and why the person or yourself wants to do what you're going to do. And all you do is you ask why six different times. And it's pretty amazing. There'll be a moment where there may be some resistance, but as soon as you break through that, you'll get to the really deep, like juicy emotional core of what what the real deal is in regards to that. So number four, something that I think is really profound too, is that every action you take is actually a vote for the type of person that you wish to become and therefore are becoming. No single action is necessarily going to transform your whole belief, but as the votes build up and as you take more action, so does the evidence for this new identity. And this is why habits are so crucial because they cast repeated votes for being a certain type of person. And it's actually a way that we can work the model a little bit backwards and inside out. So yes, we want to have thoughts and feelings that support the action, but the more that we can plan ahead of time and work through that resistance and just take the action anyway, the more that we're also telling our brain and body that we are this person, that we are the person that works out, that we we are that person that is an athlete, that we are that person that's in shape, that we are that person that does X, Y, Z. And so the more we get our body involved, we rewire our neurons and our mind-body connection. And so it works the model sort of inside out to take action. And again, you're voting for the type of person you wish to become. And think about all of the actions that you might take that you don't really want to be taking because that is a vote also for the type of person you're becoming. And it doesn't mean that if we take one action we don't love that we should shame ourselves. Not at all. Obviously, if you know me by now, you know that I'm all about you and I and everyone having your own back and not talking to yourself like an asshole and trying to be really great to yourself. But if you're taking action that you're not proud of, just remember that you're in your brain and your body, you're building a habit to create something that kind of goes against what you're wanting to create. The fifth thing that I'm going to just briefly mention, and I know a lot of you have heard about this, But if you haven't, you can go look it up more in depth. But as you know, uh, Mel Robbins, she's really incredible. She has the, it's called the 54321 rule, and there's amazing science behind it. And here's how it works. Let's say you have a goal to get up and do yoga on Tuesdays, and you wake up on Tuesday and you don't feel great. And she initially, Mel Robbins, started using this. Five, four, three, two, one, just to get out of bed in the morning. But she realized that you can use this to take action and launch yourself into action. And the science behind it is from the moment that you have an inspiration or an intuition to do something, to take an action, you have about five seconds until the other part of your brain starts coming up with self-sabotaging thoughts and limiting beliefs to try to tell you all the reasons you shouldn't do that thing. So the second that you want to do the do yoga in the morning, you go five, four, three, two, one, and like a, a jet, you launch yourself and you go start taking action. You take a step 
towards getting your yoga clothes on or getting your yoga mat out or walking towards the mat because the idea is is that the longer you wait and the longer that you argue back and forth with the different sides of your brain, the less likely it is that you might take action. So you can look that up. It's Mel Robbins and it's the 54321 rule. And it helps me a lot, uh, especially if I have something on the schedule and I'm not really feeling like doing it. I 54321 and get to action. And then I can work on sort of changing my thoughts as well. But that is an awesome tool. I wanted to share that with you in case you hadn't heard. And then another thing that I really think is important that I wanted to mention, and this is something that we probably are already doing, but if not, or if you're trying to do something new in your life that seems especially hard or because it's new, it's just foreign, you can do something called habit stacking. And what that is, is you're building new habits by taking advantage of the old habits that you already do. In 2007, researchers at Oxford, they were surprised when they started looking at the brains of newborns. And they compared a newborn's brain to a normal adult human. And they were super surprised to find that actually the average adult had 41% fewer neurons than the average newborn. And at first, this didn't make sense to the researchers, and it was confusing because after all, if babies have more neurons, why are adults both smarter and more skilled? Drumroll, please. Well, the answer is it's in the power of synaptic pruning. As we age, the phenomenon of synaptic pruning happens. Synapses are simply connections between the neurons in your brain. And what happens is your brain prunes away connections between your neurons that don't get used and they build up connections that get used more frequently. For example, if you practice playing the piano for 10 years, then your brain is going to strengthen the connection between those neurons. The more you play, the stronger those connections become. And not only that, but the connections will become faster and more efficient every time you practice. So then as your brain builds stronger and faster connections between the neurons, then you're able to express your skills with more ease and expertise. And it's a biological change that leads to skill development. Meanwhile, if someone has never played the piano, they're not strengthening those connections in their brain. And as a result, the brain will prune away or literally let those unused connections die. Your brain will allocate that energy towards building other connections for other skills. So this is what explains the difference between newborn brains and adult brains. Babies are born with brains that are basically a blank canvas with a lot more neural connection. Literally everything is a possibility, but if they don't have a strong connection in a certain area, then those neurons will prune away. However, by the time we're adults, we've pruned away a good deal of some neurons, but we have very strong connections that support the others. So the reason I'm talking about this is because this plays a role in habit stacking. Synaptic pruning occurs with every habit you build. So as we've talked about, your brain will build a strong network of neurons. And the more you do something, the stronger and more efficient the connection becomes. And that's why when we first start to do something that we've never done, 
our brain doesn't have a very strong pathway. And so it's really hard. But the more we do something, and the more we practice it, it becomes easier because that pathway becomes more clear. You probably have, for example, some super strong habits and connections that you take for granted. And your brain is super efficient at remembering, for example, to know how to take a shower or to like make a cup of coffee and other thousands of daily habits that you just know how to do. But when it does come to building these new habits, we can use the connectedness of the behavior we already do to our advantage. One of the best ways we can do that is we can build a new habit by identifying a current habit we already do each day and stack another behavior on top of it. And this is what we call habit stacking. So this is how the habit stacking formula works. You take a current habit and you can say either after or before current habit, I will, and then you plug in the new habit. And I'm going to give you just a few examples. So after my alarm goes off every morning, I will meditate for one minute. And with this habit stacking, by the way, you want to get very specific and you don't want to be vague. So you want to say how long you're going to do something if the time is related and you want to say when you don't want to leave it vague. So, for example, after I take off my work shoes, I will immediately roll out my yoga mat. After I sit down to dinner, I will say a prayer. After I get into bed at night, I will meditate and be grateful for three things that happened to me today. After I put on my running shoes, I'm going to text a friend or family member to tell them where I am and which path I'm taking. So this is just an example. And the reason it works so well is that because your current habits are already so built into your brain and you already have patterns and behaviors that have been strengthened over years of doing them. So when you can link a new habit to a cycle that is already built in, you make it way more likely that you'll stick to the new behavior. And once you have mastered this structure, you can then begin to create larger stacks by chaining small habits together. And this allows you to take advantage of the natural momentum that comes from one behavior leading to the next. So for example, uh, a couple simple examples that I've used in my life are, I am super used to at this point, I've had a dog for a long time, although now we're on our second dog, our other dog passed a few years back, but I have the habit in my brain at least once, if not like two, three or four times a day, depending on the day I walk the dog. And so I pair listening to one of my favorite podcasts while I walk the dog as frequently as I can, because it makes that activity funner. And another thing that I do is in the morning when I am drinking my hot lemon water, if I'm going to do yoga that day, if I've scheduled it, I roll my yoga mat out while I'm letting the kettle brew so that when I get done with my lemon water, that my yoga mat is out on the floor and I can visually see it. And then, for example, if I am going to try to somehow be sneaky and try to get out of yoga that day or talk myself out of it, I would actually have to go roll my yoga mat up and put it away. And so the likelihood of me putting that yoga mat away once it's out is really not probably going to happen. And it's hardly ever happened. So that's just another hack that I do to habit stack and kind of hack into my own brain and own physiology. 
I'm going to give you an example of what a habit stack could look like. And and you obviously want to tailor this to you and your goals. But for example, a morning routine stack could look like this. After I pour my morning cup of coffee, I will meditate for 60 seconds. After I meditate for 60 seconds, I will write in my journal. And after I write in my journal, I will immediately begin my first task on my to-do list. So that is just an example. You can also always insert new behaviors into the middle of your current routines. For example, you may already have a morning routine that looks like this. Let's say you wake up, you make your bed, you take a shower, but let's say you want to develop a habit of maybe reading more at night. Well, you could expand that habit, habit stack that you do and try something like instead of just doing those three things, you could wake up, make your bed, and then after you make your bed, you could place a book on your pillow that you're going to read that night and then take a shower so that when you climb into bed at night, a book will be sitting there waiting for you. So basically habit stacking allows you to create just a super simple set of rules to guide you for your future behavior. And it's sort of like you always have a game plan for yourself for which action should come next. And once you get comfortable, you can then develop a general habit stack to guide you whenever the situation is appropriate. So something like when I see a set of stairs, I will take them instead of using the elevator. Or when I walk into a party, I'll introduce myself to anyone I don't know yet. Or when I want to buy something over $200, I will wait 24 hours before buying it. When I serve myself a meal, I will always put veggies on my plate first. Uh, So just some of these rules that you can create for yourself where you're just pairing something that happens frequently, either on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis and pairing it with something that you really want to do. When I buy a new item, I will give something away or things like that that help you achieve more of what you're trying to achieve and using this science and the amazingness of your brain to accomplish more. No matter really how you use it, the key is to select the right cue to kick things off. When and where you choose to put a habit into your routine can make a big difference. So like if you're trying to add meditation into your morning routine, but your mornings are actually super chaotic and your kids are running into your room, then that might be obviously the wrong place in time. Or maybe you'd have to get up earlier or consider when you would be most successful in doing that meditation. Just, you know, be realistic and don't ask yourself obviously to do a habit when you're going to be realistically occupied with something else. So it has to be tailored to your life. And then your cue should have the same frequency as your desired habit. So like if you want to do a habit habit every day, but if you stack it with a habit that only happens on Mondays, then that's not a good choice. For example, like getting out of bed, taking a shower, brushing your teeth, getting dressed, and you can figure out where it makes sense for you to stack the habit within those core habits that already exist. And I just want to summarize what we talked about today. So the first thing is just paying attention to your thoughts. And when you're able to intentionally choose better feeling thoughts, that's going to get you feeling better. And you're going to be more primed in your brain and your body to take the action that serves you. And that's going to get you the better result that you want and whatever that is. And the second thing we kind of talked about is knowing your why, knowing your incentive. What is your deep core reason for this action? Or what is the passion in in regards for why you're doing something? 
And I talked about that six levels deep exercise that can be really effective where you keep asking why six times to get the deepest core purpose. And the other thing we talked about is that taking action is really helping you create your identity and it's a vote for the type of person you want to be. And then with enough action, you're then programming your body and your brain as to who you're becoming. And then eventually one day you actually are that person because we're basically our habits. The culmination of what we do is who we become. So that's a really powerful way to think about it, that we need to have better thoughts and feelings to help us propel us into the action. So we're not just using sheer willpower all the time. We're actually using uh, feelings and a deep core purpose, but we can work it the other way that by, by taking the action, sometimes even when we don't feel like it, we're building this habit in our brain and body and this connection and creating our, our own identity this way. And the other thing we talked about, the last thing we talked about was habit stacking and the synaptic pruning that happens when we're adults and how we can use a habit that we already have in our life that we do with a new habit that either is challenging or something that we want to do. And we talked about the fact that it's most effective to get specific and not be vague when it comes to the habit stacking and timeframes. And lastly, I just want to end on this note that everybody in their life is in a completely different place in any given day, any given week, any given year. And it is really up to you and your intuition to decide if you're not taking enough focused action or if you're taking too much action that's not focused because I just want to acknowledge that even though action is important, the most important action I feel is the kind that's inspired and well thought out. And we are allowed to rest. We're allowed to just be. And so I want to say that our thoughts and feelings, as I mentioned earlier, are actually a huge part of of this equation of creating results and that there is a time to dream and rest. And it has to be up to you to figure out what that balance is for you. And it's going to change seasonally. It's going to change throughout your life. Action, while important, it has to be backed by feelings and emotions. And the more intentional we can be about those feelings and about knowing our why and our incentives, the more focused and skillful we're going to be about creating a result in our life that we want. And that can be super little results and it can be the big stuff. It can be like the quote unquote impossible dreams all the way down to something really simple. So thank you so much for just listening in today. Thank you for being, thank you for doing, and thank you for listening in. I hope that you got something from this. And may all your actions this week be inspired. Until next week, look forward to being with you then. Bye for now. And hey, I also want to invite you to join me for my six-month coaching program. I'll work with just you one-on-one, and I'm going to help you get the results that I know you can get. I promise your life will be different. Go to www.rebelheartcoaching.com to sign up for a consult today. I'll see you inside. Oh